Want to drive greater success in social commerce? With Deloitte's latest creator economy research, you can. After surveying over 500 creators and 500 brands, our insights are helping CMOs and marketing teams harness the power of content creators. And not only that, but how to do it well. See for yourself by visiting cmo.deloitte.com today. This episode of the CMO Podcast is part of our Leadership During Crisis series. For these short episodes, I am inviting back previous guests to see how they are leading during the pandemic, how they are addressing new challenges, and how they are providing for their consumers, their employees, and the public during these unprecedented times. Today, my guest on Leadership During Crisis is Matthew Anderson, who is the CMO of Roku. Streaming is going way up and the data suggests people are changing what they watch on a frequent basis. I think it's really cool that Roku recently announced a new advertising program with Kroger. Kroger's Amanda Rassi also happens to be a guest on Leadership During Crisis, and they've both gotten together to develop a new targeted advertising program for Kroger's customers, which was just recently announced. This is my conversation with Matthew Anderson. Welcome to the CMO Podcast, Matthew. This is perhaps the most timely episode I've ever recorded on the CMO podcast because we are recording in the midst of the coronavirus, which has so much sadness on so many levels. But it is a good time to be in the streaming business. And I want you to, you know, so many people are counting on you for hope, for entertainment, for distraction, for education. For I mean, I'm doing more cooking now, you know. So I'm I'm, I'm searching for what to, what what inspiration is in cooking. So just tell me what life is like these days for you, pre-virus, professionally and personally. Yeah, well, um, welcome to my home. I think one of the <laughs> uh, one of the actually the wonderful small things about working from home recently is that you get to know your colleagues on a slightly different level. You get to see what's in their background and where they're working from and hear their kids as they pop behind the screen or a dog bark. And we, uh, I think it's really brought a lot of the character and humanity and kind of togetherness as we've gone through something that's very, very difficult. Uh, you're right that streaming has, um, has increased quite a bit. Um, and what we've seen is a couple of trends. One is that there was a huge spike in news, undeniably. And so we try to make that very easy to get to. But everything that is about being at home, many people are at home with a family. And so we've seen a big increase in kids and educational programming. We've seen uh, fitness. Uh, you know, a lot of people are used to being able to exercise outside or be on a team or go to a gym. So fitness has really gone up. And we've seen a really positive set of trends. Things like faith and spirituality have uh, increased a lot. And, and just as there's a, a big hunger to understand what's going on, there's also a kind of reaction, which is, uh, how do I get some of my time back? And so we've seen that uh, things like family movies have really, really spiked on the, on, on the Roku platform. I was just looking at it, and uh, if you take our search, you know, what are people searching for? Things like... Um, Annie, Jumanji, Frozen 2, <laughs> you have this wow. picture of families around the country getting together and uh, having some of that quality time as a, as a respite, I guess, to, uh, to what they're going through. 
So yourself personally, I don't know how many people are under your house these days. I have three here now. My son and daughter-in-law are home. Uh, and my wife is in California with our daughter, who's an ICU nurse. So what is, what's happened to you personally? What's different about life? What are you watching more of, listening more of, reading more of, doing less of, doing more of? Yeah, well, the, the first thing that did happen was I was working a lot more. <laughs> and I think in the early days of something that was so full on, uh, we're a company of 1,700 people. And I found that the boundaries between work and, uh, and, and family began to get really blurred. So much so that my wife at one point just said, hey, look, you got to get some time off of that laptop, which was great advice. Uh, we're very fortunate. We have three children. Uh, two of them are at home. Uh, one's college age and one's after college. And so I've actually felt that uh, it's been a silver lining to have that, that time together as a family. And we're very ritualistic around dinner. And so that precious time of talking through the day's events, noodling and trying to understand what's going on, uh, posing questions about what we would do if we were in a position of authority, and most of all, empathizing. Uh, you know, we, we're relatively fortunate to be a family, to be safe at this point. Uh, but what most people are going through is really difficult. Uh, and then we have one more uh, child who's working for the Treasury Department in the UK. And so she's on the other side of the ocean and, um, and contending with that and, and how a different country is responding to a crisis has made it a very international experience as well. So she's probably working very hard now, right? Well, believe it or not, she started working on uh, things related to Brexit. And if that weren't complicated enough, <laughs> yeah, to throw in coronavirus. But um, I think we're all just very, very thankful that, uh, you know, loved ones are safe and trying to be helpful to people who are going through uh, real difficulty. What about, uh, you know, how you're working? You mentioned that your team, you know, you're getting to know each other in a different setting and personalities are come through and the home is coming through. Uh, anything else you're learning as a leader about yourself and your team as you go through this? We've heard from other CMOs that the level of creativity coming out has been very high. Yeah. And that's something they want to carry forward after this crisis subsides. Well, the first thing is it's been incredibly inspiring. I, I, I can't say enough about the resourcefulness and the uh, morale and upbeatness and, and everything that we've seen across the company. Probably the biggest insight that I've had is that while we're having a simultaneous experience, it truly isn't the same for everybody. And one of the most important things as a leader is to think about how your team is experiencing something differently as well as the same. Uh, you have, I, I felt a kind of pang of guilt over one weekend. Uh, one of my mantras in recruiting to our recruiting team is just go find the best people. And sometimes that means moving them across the country. And some of our young all-stars have moved to the Bay Area recently, but they're living at home. And that's a very different circumstance than uh, you know, living uh, as a family. We also have a lot of parents who are really are contending with younger kids who uh, have a harder time understanding uh, what is going on. And the stress around being incredibly dedicated professionally but also uh, carrying on with homeschooling and uh, those things is, is tough. And I think one of the first things that we did was, you know, everyone shared, of course, you know, tips for working at home, but we went and created a great list of the things not to worry about. 
you know, don't worry if your dog barks, <laughs> don't worry if your kid's hungry, you know, and, and I think just trying to take down some of that stress and then allowing us the flexibility to, uh, to really in the time for work uh, that we have to, to make a big difference. What would you say is the key to success for today's CMO? If you said data, you wouldn't be the only one. At Deloitte, however, we believe data is only half of the equation. The other half, story. Because data is the language of business, but story is the language of humans. And we believe the most successful CMOs know how to harness the power of both data and story. To learn more about Deloitte's CMO program and how we can help today's CMOs succeed, visit cmo.deloitte.com. You talked about consumers or people a moment ago and what seems to be surging in terms of uh, you know, viewing habits, streaming, news, faith and spirituality. Is there anything in there that's particularly surprising to you? I think one of the things that was most interesting, um, and it gets to a C- CMO conundrum, if you will, is that the bread and butter for a lot of uh, TV services and a lot of advertisers is live linear sports. And we really wanted to understand what happened to the people who were dramatic NBA fans or NHL fans. What would happen to them in this completely rare period where uh, live sports has essentially gone off air? And what surprised me most was the incredible force with which those former linear sports hours or live linear sports hours moved to streaming. And so we saw... Uh, you know, things like NHL fans more than doubling their news consumption or that their uh, movie consumption is up by half or even that something like comedy had gone up by 20 percent or so. So I think there's a real uh, a shift where uh, when those sports went went dark, if you will, uh, the, the move to streaming was so strong uh, overall. Um I know that you know you you've heard a little bit about my my history as a marketer, and one thing is that I I did spend seven and a half years in Asia, and in those years when I was in Hong Kong, uh, we went through a number of of ups and downs. There was the Thai bot crisis, there was the dot com bubble burst, but I was in Hong Kong during SARS, and uh, that period made a big impression on me. And what I think the thing that I realized early on or came out of SARS with is that you can have a health crisis and an economic crisis that are very closely linked. And the economic crisis recalls for huge adaptation for every family. And uh, so one of the things, it's not a surprise, but it's been very big, is how much people are seeking value. Uh, I read a study that showed, you know, half of people say they're looking at prices more closely than they did just a few weeks ago. And so we've seen on Roku that free TV, One of the initiatives we've done is to make a lot more TV just free and easily accessible. And it's it's made a big difference. Wow. Roku's mission is to give a modern software experience to every TV in the world. That's that's what we hope to do someday. It's a big kind of mission. And that's sort of a businessy thought. But our real uh, purpose is to make TV better for everyone. The TV industry is going through one of the most unprecedented changes of any industry at all. And that was even before COVID. If you take anything from the pace of cord cutting, which was at an all-time high at the end of last year, if you take the fact that 
smart TVs or have capabilities that people couldn't dream of and that each one is connected to the internet. If you think about how it enables advertising to be targeted and measurable, which you could never do on a TV before, it's such a big uh, disruption. So when we were founded, there was really a core idea, and, and that was that each generation of technology has an operating system. We don't question that your laptop has an OS or that your phone has an OS, but it's amazing that it's only been in more recent years that every television set, the biggest screen in your house that has the richest entertainment experience is now being powered with this incredible software and technology. So that's what we do. And uh, through being resourceful and being very focused and through having some advantages, uh, we've been able to become the number one streaming platform in the US by hours streamed. And that's a pretty incredible accomplishment just given the size of the company and the resources that we've had. And uh, our goal is just to help you find content easily. And we're a value brand that tries to make things less expensive for people. Are there brands out there that you're working with who are doing things that others could learn from? I mean, if you could name one or two, I know there's many, but if you could name one or two that you think are very forward looking, doing things that are helpful for their customers that are changing in the right ways. Yeah, I think I'd take that in a couple ways. I mean, one of the first big problems that, that I think CMOs faced is my, my, my creative just doesn't fit the current context. Uh, I have creative that's about people going out and high-fiving or <laughs> having beer or something like that. And so I think that there has been a really great movement of understanding if you want to be in the market right now, how do you, what's that playbook look like? And that playbook, I think, is about making sure that, um, so some are adapting social creative, uh, some are sponsoring programming. So we, uh, we came up with things like uh, categories within the Roku channel, our free offering. And so we had brands like, um, uh, you know, Intuit would sponsor a category. Um, we also started to develop um, interactive overlays. So you might have a great ad, um, but it, it might not conclude well, because say you were a restaurant, you needed to, uh, you couldn't go to the restaurant anymore. We could do an overlay that says now available for pickup or text here for home delivery or something like that. So I think swift adaptation uh, has been important. And then we're seeing a number of direct-to-consumer brands that are based on being at home and they're leaning in uh, because those services, they're, they're more relevant today than, than they were previously. What series are you and your wife watching now or are they different? Uh, well, interestingly, we have uh, moved a little bit into a number of movies. Um, we watched this hilarious show at my daughter's urging called uh, Nathan for You, which is this uh, humorist who <laughs> goes and tries to take on uh, on uh, new businesses. That was pretty funny. Uh, I did uh, finish Ozark recently. Uh, it was pretty good. Um, and uh, and actually, I'm I'm a little nerd in this, but I I I'm very fond of uh, of PBS and uh, the. PBS app on Roku is a gateway to some amazing, amazing programming. And I do find that sometimes stepping back from some of the pure entertainment and hearing the story of real people's lives is, is very inspiring. Matthew, this has been marvelous, wonderful. That was my conversation with Matthew Anderson. This guy is just so cool under pressure. He's got a great strategy, great relationship with his team, a great plan during the crisis keeps his head up, keeps optimistic. 
He is a role model for all of us. That's it for this episode of our Leadership During Crisis series. We hope you enjoyed this follow-up episode and found value and insight into how these leaders and brands are operating during this pandemic. If you found this episode interesting or helpful, I would be so grateful if you shared it with your friends. And if you gave the show a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen. Subscribe to the show and get notified every time we publish a new episode. The CMO Podcast is a Gallery Media Group original production.